welcome to the First Issue Club comic book podcast. We're your weekly reading club for what kind of issues? The first ones. The gateway into the new adventures of the world in the comic book form. We don't talk about just that all the time. Sometimes we get into comic book news. We're going to do that in a little bit. But first, I've got the Budget King here. Hey. Hey, I'm back. I'm Mike D. Obviously, I'm back. It's my birthday the other day. It was. Groundhog Day. I'm 21. <laughs> over and over again. I can finally drink. I saw I had a friend that, that said on Facebook that she needs to pretend that her age is under 29 to keep up her OnlyFans account. Like uh, That's sad. Yeah, it is sad. <laughs> so you saying that you're 21 reminded me of, of that. It keeps us in the prime demographic. It's what keeps the podcast money flowing. If people knew how old we were, they wouldn't be interested anymore. Yeah, nobody likes an old guy. No. <laughs> we lose our mystique that way. Yep, 21 forever. You got me a very sweet birthday gift. I like you. Yep, you got me an old Slabo, mm -hmm. an entombed copy. Mm-hmm. Of X-Men numbers. <laughs> uh, I can see it from here. Again, 191. 191. First appearance of my favorite robot. And not just the Marvel Universe, but just favorite robot, period. Period. Nimrod. Nimrod. Is Nimrod sentient? Like, would you say he... Yeah. Yeah, okay. Definitely. Yeah. No one controls Nimrod. Nimrod's in charge of himself. <laughs> He's the head of the neighborhood association and everything. Yeah. He's in charge. So, yep, you you own it now. Goes with your Nimrod uh, action figure. That you also got me. You're Nimrod up. I want you to be Nimrod guy, the uh, world's biggest Nimrod fan. <laughs> it probably wouldn't be that hard. I think you might be close. Yeah. If anybody else is a bigger Nimrod fan, I'd love for them to get at us. Once I'm no longer flabby, I'll get a uh, Nimrod tattoo. You absolutely should get a Nimrod tattoo, I'll do regardless it. of flab. No, I think I got to take care of this first. No, you don't. I get plenty of tattoos. My body has to look like a beautiful canvas before I start filling it with paint. It makes it better. It Once you get tattoos, people assume you're fit. Oh, is that right? Yeah. So, so I can just get it right on my... Yep. Get an eight ball on your shoulder and mm -hmm. people just be like, that guy works out. An eight ball on your shoulder. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> I'm just coming up with that. You know what? I just realized a little st studio behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. We're in a larger room. Oh, yeah. But we close ourselves in. With curtains and stuff, so we don't echo as bad. Oh, yeah, we didn't do that yet. We started recording with the curtains open. We're going to close those now. If you can hear a difference on the podcast, wow, you just got a sneak peek into the world of sound, baby. A peekers. Time out. What are we covering this week, Mike? Well, first I got to say we're back from closing the curtains. <laughs> does it sound $80 different? It does, for sure. For, for sure. For I sure. think so. Yeah. That was, it's well worth that small amount of money to sound this much better. And you know what? This is a perfect chance to say that $80 mm -hmm. is provided by and presented by our Patreon accounts. If you, too, yeah. want to make this podcast sound $80... <laughs> $10, $399 a week better, you can become a Patreon. And this week on the Patreon, we're going to go through every single number one issue that came out and recommend them. Or, or uh, not necessarily recommend them. Rank or, them. That's the R word I'm looking for. There we go. Mm -hmm. That's great content, and I can't even wait to hear it. You're <laughs> going to be the one ranking them, so... <laughs> this happens a lot when we do a twofer, is mm -hmm. I just, like, give you listicles. Hey, it's a great format for content, <laughs> tried and true. It's a good friendship is what it is. It, Thanks for letting me rant. It ain't broke, let's not fix it. 
Um, yeah, the books we're going to be covering today are Deep Beyond out on Image Comics and Fear Case on Dark Horse Comics, two independent books that we're very much looking forward to. And we'll see what we think about those on the other side of some comic book news. Ryan Coogler announced that he is in some type of deal to start a Wakanda television show. Is it called Wakanda Stories or Wakanda Kingdom? It has a name like that. Something like that. Yeah, Wakanda is one of those rare Marvel things where it's like it doesn't need the other Marvel world to be super fascinating and interesting. Yeah. It doesn't even need cameos, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. Sometimes it's a refreshing reprieve to yep. be like, oh, we didn't fight in a <laughs> <laughs> scroll war. Yeah. We were just like chilling over here. <laughs> in our paradise mm-hmm. of uh, super science. Right. Um, in other TV news, not a big two news. Well, I guess it is technically a big two, two news because Vertigo, Vertigo right? owns it. Yeah, um, and Vertigo's no more, so it probably is just DC. No, dang it. We couldn't do it. We mm-hmm. couldn't have a big news that wasn't DC and Marvel. Shame. You guessed it. We're talking about Sandman. Neil Gaiman's Sandman. Mm-hmm. He had a, I thought American Gods was great. I liked his television show mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Neil Gaiman, no stranger to television. <laughs> He owns one. Yes, he owns a television. He works in the medium. Mm-hmm. He's going to be the narrator on Sandman. Yeah, he likes that. This has an all-star cast. This should have been a television show a long time ago. I agree. I'm, I'm kind of surprised it's just happening now. It is it is made for television in a lot of ways, and especially HBO. So I'm so pumped about that. Yep. James McAvoy, Magneto, mm-hmm. is... Young Magneto. Yes, Young Magneto. Sorry. I know there's a couple of Magnetos. Not the Gandalf Magneto. <laughs> Um, is uh, going to be Morpheus, the Sandman, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then we have Kat Denning. Um, she's wonderful. She's one of the, I don't know, I don't even know what character she's playing, but great. She made it. Yep. Good job. <laughs> Good job by you, Kat. What's your favorite Kat Denning thing? Fuck, what was it called? Are you going to say Party Down? Because that's my favorite. No. I, I don't think... know if I ever finished it. Is she also in True Blood? Hulu, Kat Denning's Dollface. Oh, okay. such a good show. Type in, type in True Blood. I want to see if she was actually in True Blood, too. Am I, am this I com- is great. I love when we... Uh, am I confusing her with somebody else? Google shit we're not sure of <laughs> in the middle of an audio <laughs> format podcast. I don't want to be an idiot. She, I mean, she's in a couple of the Thor movies. She just popped up in WandaVision this past episode. Oh, she's in Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. Is that what you were thinking of? <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Sure it was. Exactly. I'm a big Cat Dennings fan. Okay. Anyway, she's in a Simpsons episode. Oh, she's going to be Death in Sandman. Ooh. That's cool. Oh, that's perfect. That's great. That's mm-hmm. one. Of, that's the best character in Sandman. Yeah. There's not much to say about it, It's except for like, it's going to be good. I, I guess, here's the thing. The best talking point would be if it were bad, <laughs> to be like one of the most beloved, if not the most beloved, non-Big Two comic books of all time. Yeah. Had a bad television show? If you put out a list of comic book adapted shows and saw how long it was and then saw that Sandman was just getting made now or that Why the Last Man <laughs> hasn't been made yet is insane. Those would be some of the first things you'd think would get like taken care of. Now, Why the Last Man, I slightly understand. Why that hasn't been made? Only because I feel like the production of no i mean it doesn't really make sense i was thinking like post-apocalyptic and like having there's plenty of shows like that's that. a great point yeah how the how the hell has why the last man not been made great point i mean that was one of the first 
graphic novels that I remember people who didn't really read comics coming up to me and being like, wow, someone recommended that I read this. It blew my mind. I, I know the IP is bought. Like somebody owns it yeah. and stuff. So and They might be making it. I know there's like a fan movie somewhere on YouTube. I'm not sure if it's good or not. <laughs> If there's a fan movie made of something, it better be a fucking television show. Yeah. FX and Hulu in 2021. It's coming. It's coming yep. soon. So, yeah, you're right. Sandman, Why the Last Man should be made. End of list. End of list. That was news. We hit the news hard last week. We were new- newsies. Mm-hmm. Last That's week. why we kind of took a week off this week. <laughs> <laughs> Kent is back. We talked about him just a couple weeks ago when we reviewed Crimson Flower number one. And now we're here to talk about Fear Case number one on Dark Horse Comics with artist Tyler Jenkins, who you may know from Grass Kings. I loved that book. I did too. This book is about the Secret Service trying to find a literal case. Yes. There's like a box that moves around and tragedy follows throughout history mm-hmm. and no one can quite get a grasp on is it magic is there something fucked up inside of it are there secrets inside what's the deal but our starring characters have three more weeks left on the job before their year with it is up i think we're basically going to be following them over that three weeks while they're scrambling to try to solve this case they're i love it so so close yes and uh, if you're on a year on this you tend to go crazy Right. So, which is they're, they're at the breaking point of crazy. Yeah, about to go they're about <laughs> to go crazy. Uh when I was looking up this comic book, I read an interview that Matt Kent did with this. And they first they started off and said, "Hey, hey Matt, you don't really do horror. What do you think about the first time you're doing a horror book?" And he goes, "You know what? I thought I didn't like horror until I sat around and realized some of my favorite movies are The Shining and the Aliens franchi- franchise, which oh. are two favorite movies of our club." Maybe Matt Kinn is one of us. He would be our friend. <laughs> yes, I think he would be our friend. Those are two of our favorite movies. And so maybe we like the same exact brand of horror that Matt Kinn likes. I would say buy this comic book. I do. <laughs> <laughs> he also, are you a Slaughterhouse-Five fan? I love Slaughterhouse-Five. He recommended a Slaughterhouse-Five graphic novel on an interview I watched of him recently where he was just like, this is one of the best adaptations I've read in a really long time. Really? Yeah. Um, I saw that that existed. I just never... I know. I thought about picking it up. Yeah. So the other thing that I didn't know about this book Mm -hmm. in reading it, and maybe you did, is that it connects to the Bang universe. I had no clue. It very obviously connects to the Bang universe, which we didn't talk about this at the time when we covered Bang, but Bang also connects to the mind management universe. Yeah. And so in theory, this is in the Matt Kintiverse. It is. He's he's mentioned before that all of his like creator-owned independent books kind of have some yeah. basis in the same reality, but we never have really seen them like so literally yes, crossing over or acknowledging each other. Yes, there's a... St- book that has the word stigmata in it, 18 something of stigmata that's Mm. about this dude. I mean, it's very literally the premise of Bang and then it's in this book as well. So like they're tied together, which is wonderful. In the trajectory of us being friends and about comic books, like Matt Kent has always been a topic for us, like a a glue for that. Yeah. I love that like when we first used to talk about Matt Kent, we would talk about him like indie kind of dude that we like. 
And now he's easily like top 10 most important indie writers. I mean, like he was the guy at Valiant for a really long time. Right. I think of him as like Jeff Lemire and him as like counterparts. Like they both do the, Mm -hmm. they scratch the itch that I want in comic book world. Yeah. But it's like, I love that he's going that route too and creating his own little franchise in his own world. And I hope that it has the same effect and stuff. So we've been with him long enough, but we've read enough of his stories to kind of get a vibe for what sort of story he likes to tell. Yes. These like detective thriller sort of stories. Yeah, like um, Lovecraftian detective almost. Do you find that like comfort food when you open up his books or are you like, oh, more Matt Kent? Yeah. Or do you I, feel I, something here's, else? Here's the, 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 you know the problem with Matt Kent? I love him so much mm-hmm. that I'm not even self-aware of it. Yeah. I'm just like more of this. Like I was so excited to crack this book open. Yeah. <laughs> Every single time I read one of his books, I'm just like, oh, this, I love it. But I yeah. don't even, I love it so much, I don't think, like, what is it that I love about it? Right. <laughs> yeah. This book didn't necessarily strike me as horror, to be honest. More sci-fi. I mean, there were some jarring scenes where you saw people ripped open. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's more of the, like, true detective noir thriller Mm -hmm. sci-fi you're right i think the more we find out about the case the maybe scarier it'll get yeah i I think if if this were this is a dumb thing to say but i'm gonna say it anyway if this were a movie it would have been frightening because like sure this woman gets a box she doesn't know what to do with it her ex-husband's giving it to her yes and it starts to kind of haunt her yeah and she realizes she has a task at hand that she has to give it to somebody else and she's informed to give it to somebody she hates because it's it's going to have a tragic. And and she actually touches it and has like an acid experience. Yeah. And then like she gives it to her now cheating husband and it like blows him up with glass and takes out his <laughs> organs. <laughs> and it's like, oh, fuck. This is bad. <laughs> and she's spaced out during any of it. I don't think she remembers any of this happening. No. The the deal is it's they and they refer to it too as kind of like a chainmail yes, hoax yes, or something. Which I love, yeah. Where it's like pass this on or mm-hmm. one of your loved ones ends up with it. Did you in your mind play up like, okay, well who who would I give it to? If I got given yeah. it to you did? Yeah. Certainly. Did you go as far as like thinking how you actually would give it to them? I think I would probably just leave it on their doorstep. I don't think I could walk up to someone I hate and be like, fuck you, here's a fear box. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I was thinking that I would just like text them ominously and be like, I have a gift for you. Yeah. And then they would be like... I so mean, your worst enemy is a friend enough that you could text them and say you have a gift for them? My worst enemy, the person who I dislike the most in the world, I do have their cell phone number. <laughs> And I could easily text them and be like, "Yeah." I mean, they would be like, what the fuck? This is weird. Yeah. But right. so weird in, that it would be intriguing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I got to find out what it is. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I guess. And mm-hmm. I, I, I would also say this. It, it has a lot of money in it. <laughs> I'd say that phrase. I'm too chicken shit. Would you? I would just leave it somewhere, I think. Oh, no, I'd go. Yeah. I'd like it. I'm like I like uh I like conflict. <laughs> I don't I don't want to watch them get blown up though or anything. Yeah. So well I oh I'll say this. I went through this this sounds horrible. I went through this mental gymnastics before I found out what the box did to them. Mm-hmm. 
now that I know what the box does to you. Do you think they sh- we should have spent more time not knowing what the box does? No, 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 no. For it the, really makes me want to buy the second issue. Yeah. For the comic book, it happened exactly perfectly the way yeah. it needed to. For my my mental exploration adventure, I was like, ooh, I, I, no, I wouldn't have given it to that person. I would have given it to a, a truly evil individual. Right. <laughs> Not just my worst enemy. Right. And part of me wonders, too, if the two detectives actually track down the case, they're going to be in the same situation, are they not? Yeah, th- this is, I mean, what I love... Ultimately, about, you can't solve the case because the case needs to keep moving. Yeah, what I love about this book, and this is so Matt Kent, one of the guys is is in love with this idea of this book that explores different dimensions. Mm-hmm. They're chasing down a case at the end of the year that when you follow it, you go crazy. And the thing that they're finding, if you touch it, makes you go crazy. At some point, we're going to enter psychosis or something like yeah. crazy is going to happen. Right. right? Which is really rad. Next up, we've got another first issue. Doi! From another creator that we also love. Deep Beyond on Image Comics. From writer Merca Andolfo. From the Unnatural series. An Unsacred series. And Mercy. I've read... Several of these books. Mm-hmm. They're all very hot, 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 and horny, horny, horny. This book wasn't, though. No. Mirka loves to write the romance unabashedly. Does mm-hmm. she write the romance? Yeah. This club loves her. <laughs> Image Comics loves her. Italy loves her. Mm-hmm. The whole She's co- Italian. The whole country. Yep. Um, and now she has a new Image uh, book of which not a lot of romance. No. I was surprised. I, I was too. The variant I got was a little like lusty looking too. Mm-hmm. Although she writes that stuff, mm-hmm. her stories are wonderful. They're amazing. Oh yeah, and really good. So I'm I'm not surprised at this book. You're not reading them just to be horny. No, I don't think anybody should read her stuff just to be horny. <laughs> and and I love that she can move out. It's a of good that. side effect. Yeah, I love that she's moving out of that brand. Yeah. The, here we have a world that is underwater. I think so. I had a moment where I realized this mid-comic, it's starting to make more sense to me. That it's underwater. I I think this is a future where maybe the ice caps have melted and now, like, most of the country's underwater. Right. And it happened in the year 2000 and the year is 2084, which I liked a lot, which was interesting. Okay, so the synopsis of the book um, acknowledges the millennium bug. Okay, that... I love that, and I love this for... A very specific reason that you 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 will diverge from me. Okay, that is a very vapor wavy <laughs> thing to like be into and do, uh-huh. and like anything that nods to vapor wave, I'm just like, you did it. Yeah. You're awesome. Uh-huh. So I love that they acknowledge the the 2000 bug. It was such a it's such a weird pop cultural thing to go back to and give credence to. Yes, that it just like weirded me out. I was like, well, I don't understand it. It took me out of it because I was so into it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you you caught that as well. Yeah. Um, and so they're underworld and um, there's, I will say this is one confusing thing to me. There's essentially like a virus that makes them like poison ivy or like grow like plant stuff, like kind of like swamp thing. They're surrounded by water, but the water's tainted. If the water touches you. Is that right? I think that's the case. You get like these like blister bubbles all over your body. That can happen to you. And that's <laughs> that's one that's one scenario. Yeah. 
<laughs> this book had I, I will say this as good as this book was it was confusing i had to i had to straight up read it twice i agree so another peek behind the curtains the literal curtains that we fixed earlier in this episode <laughs> um, is that we've got a little cheat sheet up of oh, yeah. just some notes so as we're talking about things we can just remember like oh the artist on this also does star wars dr afra um I always write short one-sentence synopsises for each of these books. And for this one, I was like, I don't know what to write. Like, I'm not sure what, like, the quick, concise... I think we should what read... What this I, book was I think we about read was. What, what you wrote. <laughs> okay. I wrote, Spy Scientists and Trust Fund Terrorists in an Underwater Future. That about sums it up. Is that cl- even close to right? Yes. I mean, I think that's... I was going to say there's this whole trust fund terrorist thing that doesn't tie in that I actually found really intriguing. I loved that part. And then I was like, why Why wasn't that the story? <laughs> it, I think it shows you that there's like a resistance in yeah. the world that's looking to just like shut down the systems in place and the people in power. Right. By going after like their guards and their kids and shit like that. Yeah, there's this whole... It it doesn't really you have to, <laughs> it doesn't like do it service for us to explain the scientists and what happened to them and stuff right but I will say that at one point in time the scientists who have to go rescue another scientist have to capture somebody and I think the capture and action scene and them making him like do stuff was like really good action for the end of the book yes that kept me being like okay i care about this now as confusing as it was yes when it got to the 10 percent end i was like i'm here i totally agree okay good my instinct is that it's going to be more of that in the second issue yeah they had a lot to get through we've got two people essentially in you know water suits so they're not turning into pimply monsters they're trying to get to someone that I, I think there's other characters in the story who are briefly introduced that don't want that person found. Right. And so that has at least some layers there that make this a little more like politically interesting, not just like Mario saving the princess, but like <laughs> turns out Luigi's a double agent right. and uh, is working for the bad guys. It's going to have something like that. Yeah. It, it it's yeah it definitely was like baked into a bunch of different ways where it can go i don't know if this is a limited series but it it it's i don't see this wrapping up in five issues yeah. if, it, if it is so do you hate underwater levels in video games whoa that's not what i thought you were gonna say i i thought you were gonna ask me if i if i hate underwater versus space or which i prefer Oh, this is a great conversation too. Which one do we want to do first? Um, let, let me. We're gonna an- tackle both. Let me answer your question first. So, okay, when I when you ask me that question, I go straight to side scroller two Ds, uh-huh. and the physics changes yep. in, in that, and it's it's a real just like a palate cleanse, uh-huh. and I I don't mind it. I'm thinking Donkey Kong, Mario, Sonic, yep. all of those things. I do I do find it very stressful if your character cannot hold their breath underwater for long periods of time. I hate that. It, it, my anxiety level raises so much when Sonic's looking for another like bubble to yes. gulp. Yeah. So that I don't like, but I do love Metal Mario sinking to the bottom. That's cool. It's so... It feels like that's the mechanics I want in every video game. <laughs> my general opinion is that water levels by... See ya? I'm not a fan. Okay. That's a good take. That's a really good take. I hate them. Um, okay. It's let's, like, let's just change the physics for like one part. And don't make it water. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess don't make it water, but it's also like you've dialed in 
the whole rest of this game and then you're going to change it all for this one clumsy <laughs> part that it's like, well, it's just one part, so let's not spend a lot of time on it. And it's just like, now it's just an annoying fucking thing to get through. It's like hanging out with your in-laws. Explain. <laughs> it's like a, it's a change them up thing that you like, you know what happens in oh, life. Oh, yeah. It's an, it's a normal dinner and we follow these processes, but it's a little bit different. Right. Yeah, someone yeah. else's family. Yeah. Yeah. And you're yeah. like, I have to get through this. Mm-hmm. It's not, I don't hate it. <laughs> <laughs> there is food. I do, uh-huh. I do get caloric intake. Yeah. There's a reward. <laughs> yes. All right. The metaphor was loose at best. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. Which do you, which if you said uh, underwater craziness or space, um, in in like make 'em ups, which which do you prefer? Oh, this is make 'em ups. Or I guess I've got two different answers. I guess. Then. Well, give me both of them. In the real world, I think underwater is so much more interesting than space. The whole definition of space is like nothingness. Yes. There's like ninety nine point infinite nine percent of nothing in outer space, and then point zero 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 one percent something. Um, whereas on our own planet, that doesn't cost like a billion fucking dollars to send a rover to. There's probably tons of undiscovered species and things we could learn about our planet by like exploring the bottom of the ocean. Why don't we spend more time and resources on like figuring our own shit out and like maintaining our own earth rather than thinking about like what else is out there and what planet we're going to destroy next. I think part of the mentality 100% of hundred percent agree with you. Part of the mentality of like going to space encapsulates that like we don't care about the thing we're on. Right. And I hate that. I love, I love that take. Find Atlantis, find, <laughs> find where Godzilla pops up uh, out of, Right. you know, go to the bottom. Mm-hmm. I totally, totally agree with you. However, in world building stuff, do do you have a different answer? I think so, because in sci-fi, our moon would have a colony with a different race on it and a whole other world to explore. Yeah. I mean, I I do, and this is going to sound like a joke. I love Waterworld, (laughs) the movie. Oh, man. (laughs) I haven't watched that movie in a long time, but I remember hating it. I loved it when it came out. I loved it a couple of years ago when I watched it. I think I would love it now. Yeah. It holds up, you know? It was one of the most expensive movies ever made at the time. Yeah. People loved saying that. Because <laughs> it was so bad and it was astounding that they spent so much money on it. Yeah. They don't say it about Forrest Gump, which is not as good a movie, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I beg to differ. Yeah. You and the general pub. General pub. Mm-hmm. But people who like this podcast... I would get, generally I, think that Waterworld is better than Forrest Gump. Guarantee you. This is going to be the I'll put thing the Budget Kings destroys our friendship. I'll put the Budget King stamp of approval on that. Okay. All right. Most people, our 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 demo is going to choose Waterworld over Forrest Gump. Well, I'm sure there's a really easy way to f- find this out, and we're going to get really high engagement on this conversation. I yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> Pull it, Greg. Greg, go out there. You make a little Twitter poll. Have people... I don't know if this is even worth Greg's time. It is worth Greg's time. It's okay. worth... Well, I mean... It's just which how, is better, Waterworld or Forrest Gump? Yeah. Are you going to feel bad when you lose? No. Okay. Well, then it's worth our time. I just I want to take care of you mentally. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's totally worth our time. Which is the better movie? Waterworld or Forrest Not which do you like better? <laughs> 
I want to get this question down. Uh, which no, okay. The question is, which do you enjoy more? Which is objectively the better movie? You want the question to be which is objectively a better movie? Yeah. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. This is the poll I've always wanted. Fuck you, Tom Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, America's dad getting dissed on Fic. Um, that's us. That's what we do every week. We talk about first issues and then argue about dumb shit nobody <laughs> cares about. We'll do it next week, and we'll do it more on our Patreon. Like Budget King said, if you'd like to support us there, we appreciate that, and we'll love you. Oh, you know what? We mm. forgot to put in the news. We uh, Greg and Caitlin said we can mention why they're not here. Oh, that's right. Greg and Caitlin, as you may or may not have known, mm-hmm. um, were with child and yes. had a had a baby boy. Yes. They gave birth, or Caitlin did, and Greg, Greg watched and smoked a cigar. It was successful. Yes, everybody's healthy. Teddy, Teddy, Theodore mm-hmm. is their child's name. He is a picture perfect baby. Good this, looking kid. This baby could not look better. Yep. I was blown away how cute this kid is. Yep. Greg and Kaylin are respectively attractive in their mm-hmm. own right. Yes. But the kid they made is like, get this kid on some Gerber shit. You're saying already best looking person in their family. Yeah. <laughs> They'll be happy to hear that, I think. Yeah, wonderful. I have not met Teddy, young Teddy yet. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait. Young T. Um, but yeah. First nickname? <laughs> young T, yeah. Um, but uh yeah, born and so they're taking a little a little well earned sabbatical yep. off the podcast. We miss them, but they'll be back. Mm-hmm. Goodbye. Woo!